Amen. Okay, so if you open your Bibles to the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 9 and verse 8. I want to consider God's promise in the rainbow. So, I'll read verse 9 to 17. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, take note of this. I will establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds and the livestock and every beast of the earth with you. As many as came out of the ark, it is for every beast of the earth. I will establish my covenant with you, that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I will make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature and all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Let's pray. Our Father, as we consider this promise, this covenant that you have made, I pray it would be impact, that it would be reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Okay, when you see a rainbow in the sky, it's of course a beautiful scenery that brings the news that the storm is over. And I want you to think back with me to the time of Noah here and how his family and Noah needed this assurance in this rainbow. Because remember, Noah and his family, they had just come off the ark. And all the earth, everything living outside of the ark had perished in God's judgment of the global flood there. And Noah and his family, they had just witnessed, hadn't they, firsthand one of the most catastrophic events in the history of mankind. And so Noah and all those on board the ark, they're now now safely off it. But think with me and try to imagine this from Noah's point of view. I mean, can you see why he and his family needed this reassurance from the Lord? Um, this, he needed this reassurance that God would not flood the world again. And so was given this promise in this symbol of the rainbow. Because from Noah's point of view, yes, he's now safely off the ark. But I mean, one drop of rain would have terrified the man, wouldn't it? I mean, if a storm came, 
Noah and his family, would, they would have been an absolute nervous wreck. But, you know, someone might say, but Noah, I mean, surely he was a man of great faith. And so, is it not fair to say he would have been perfectly calm during the next storm? And yes, he was a man of faith. We saw that, didn't we? But he was also a man of flesh and blood, just like us, wasn't he? And, you know, when you and I go through the storms of life, believer, you know, we also need the reassurance, reassurance there of God's faithful promises. And so the first principle that we can learn from this is that God is ever ready to give us these assurances to the believer of his caring love for us. And, I mean, you only have to look at his word. It's full of them, isn't it, from start to end there. So God has made a, a covenant with all mankind here, even with the animal kingdom, you know, such is God's care and love who hears the ravens cry and not, will not let one sparrow even fall to the ground apart from the will of his father. And so, how much more us? But God has made this covenant that he will never judge the whole world again in a global flood. He has given us this rainbow in the sky as a reminder, as a sign of this covenant that he's made. And so, just as God has never destroyed the whole earth with a flood, we can be sure that he will keep his promises, whatever they may, may be in his word. You see, the word of God cannot fail. Now, this covenant, of course, is, is a symbol of a much, much greater promise than the judgment of the flood. And, and, and that is for the salvation of his people, the believers, those who have abandoned trust in every other hope but have come to trust in Christ. You see, just as God made this covenant of the rainbow with every little with every little thing every living thing I should say that came off the ark that was saved in the ark God has made a covenant with every saved person who was saved from the wrath of God by faith in Jesus Christ uh, listen to how Isaiah 54 from verse 7 uh, reads of this it says for a brief moment I deserted you but with great compassion, I will gather you. For a brief moment, I deserted you. And the clouds cover, can sometimes feel like that in the Christian life. In overflowing anger, for a moment, I hid my face from you. But with everlasting love, I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. This is like the days of Noah to me, as I swore that the waters of Noah would no more go over the earth, so I have sworn that I will not be angry with you and not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills may be removed, but my steadfast love shall not depart from you, and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. You see, the rainbow is a, a sign of the covenant of peace between the Lord and his people, the believers. And so, just like when the sun in the sky gets blocked by the dark clouds on some days, and the rainbow announces the end of the storm, well, there are times in the believer's life when dark clouds of, of trial or, or chastening block out 
the view of the Son of God there. And all, all you can seem to hear is God thundering at you. Uh, there are times when in the believer's life, when the skies are blue and the sun of righteousness is clear before you. But then there are other times when it's like you've returned to Mount Sinai and all you can hear is God thundering at you. Now, let me point out here, though, that just as this initial promise was only for those safely on board the ark, whilst the rest who wouldn't come to the ark uh, perished outside, uh, this glorious covenant of the rainbow here with the believer, it's only for those who have come to rest in, in Christ. You know, just like in Noah's day, there are many who trusted in some other source of safety and did not heed to his warnings well they all perished in the flood well you see these reassurance promises for the believer are only for those who have who have put the faith in jesus in the words of henry law on that he said love rejected is no friend and truth unheeded is a relentless foe do not extol the beauties of the rainbow if you are a stranger to the shelter of the ark do not take comfort from the promise of the rainbow if you are a stranger to the shelter of the ark. He says, for those people, the unconverted, when, when the clouds blacken, you should tremble. For truth says, for the wicked, the unbelieving, he will rain fire and brimstone, storm and tempest. So, for anyone unconverted, for anyone who's so far refused to enter the ark of salvation. When you see a rainbow in the sky, don't take comfort from it, but tremble, because it's, it's also a pledge that God will, won't fail to keep his word to judge. But the believer, for the believer, for those have, who have entered into his rest, the rainbow is a reminder that God hiding his face is but for a moment. And Notice the promise in our text there is that God will, he will never, it, it, the promise is not that God will never send a storm upon the earth again, is it? Yeah. You see, that's not what it says. In fact, he promises it, he will. Yeah. He says in verse 14, when I bring clouds over the earth. You see, just as it is a certainty for clouds to appear in the sky, it is a certainty for trials to come into the believer's life through many, through much tribulation, you, may, you must enter the kingdom. I mean, just as one minute a believer can feel like David dining in a royal palace, the next he can feel like David on the run hiding in caves. But this is a reminder that they are for but a moment. You see... There may be times when, for whatever good reason God has, he may hide his face. But we are reminded by this covenant promises that those times are but for a moment. And we can say in those times, can't we, like Paul, who had his fair share of trials, but I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that awaits us. And so... Why does, he, why does the Lord sometimes hide his face from us? Even if but for a moment. Uh, we can be sure that God's always doing it for our good. 
And the answer is he's, he brings us up as his child there. You know, he disciplines those whom he loves. Now, of course, there are times like Job when God sends a trial and he hides his face from us, not because we've done anything wrong even. But God is saying, look at my servant, how he or she still follows me and is faithful to me in the midst of trials. He or she is not a fur weather friend who just believes and trusts me when things are going well. But this is someone who, when darkness seems to hide his face, rests on his unchanging grace. And then there are other times, of course, when God may chasten us for indulging in sin or or even neglecting the means of his grace. You know, neglecting times in his word, in prayer, in, in fellowship, putting other things before him. And so God wants to teach us there, to come to him, to, to depend upon him. You know, there's a, a scene in the, the book, The Song of Solomon, the, which is a, a beautiful allegory of God's love for the believer there. And there is a time, well, there's a few times in that book actually, but when the, the believer, who is the bride, feels low and distant from the Lord. A time where the king is hiding his face, face from the bride. And the bride, this is what the believer says, Behold, there he stands behind our wall, gazing through the windows, looking through the lattice in those times. You see, the the point I want to make is, God seems distant to the believer at that point. His face is hidden. It seems to the believer that there is a wall between him or her and and God. But the bride says, our wall, meaning we built it, in other words. We we built any wall between us and God. Uh, The words of Hudson Taylor, he has a beautiful little book on the Song of Solomon. Uh, He said, is absence, the absence of God's presence for the believer, is an ever-increasing distress? Oh, she says, if I knew where I might find him, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for thy love is better than wine. Would that his love were strong and constant like mine, and that he never withdrew the light of his countenance? The believer is asking this, and he replies, poor mistaken one. There is a love far stronger than thine waiting Longing for satisfaction. The bridegroom, that is Christ, is waiting for thee, for you the believer, all the time. The conditions that debar his approach are all of thine own making. Take the right place before him and he will be most ready, most glad to satisfy thy deepest longings to meet, supply thine every need. What should we think of a betrothed one? whose conceit and self-will prevented not only the consummation of her own joy, but of his who had given her his heart. You know, I, I bought my wife Zoe some uh, silver earrings uh, 
think it was for Valentine's Day, and, and she, couldn't, she was saying she couldn't find one the other day, and she's tearing about the house trying to look for them. And it came to her that the parable our Lord taught, taught with the coins. You know, the woman who lost the coin and is looking everywhere in the house trying to find it. And she, she thought, wow, this is how God wants to find us. And of course, that's true in salvation, but also in, with a believer. You know, how, how much he loves us. But you see, like in that verse in the Song of Solomon, even in those times when it might feel like God is hiding himself, it pictures there. She sees occasional glimpses of him through the lattice, looking through the keyhole. And even in, on those dark days, the Lord still gives his bride, the believer, occasional glimpses of himself to, in whatever providence to show that he's still there. In Joseph 45... I love this picture. Uh, 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 after Joseph had been made prime minister of Egypt, when his brothers, who previously had disgracefully mistreated him, when they came to Joseph for the food, uh, at first, of course, Joseph does not reveal himself to them. But there came a time when it says that then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out from me, so no one stayed with him, when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. You see, in that instance, at first, Joseph was hiding his face from his brothers. But there came a time when he, he could not do this any longer. He couldn't take it anymore, and he just had to reveal himself. Well, you see, there is a greater than Joseph. That even... Though at times, like Joseph, he may hide his face. But there comes a time when he can't take it anymore and just has to reveal himself to you. Again, that's uh, what happens in salvation, but it happens in the Christian life. As I said at the beginning, in, giving, in God giving Noah this sign of the rainbow when he needed this insurance, this instructs us that God is ready to give assurances to the believer. Well, he wants you to be assured of his peace uh, and love for you, believer. And again, you, you don't have to go very far in his word to read of such promises. And just when Noah and mankind since looked up on the sky, when we see the rainbow, we're reassured that the storm is over. You see, so it is when the believer looks on the promises in God's word. You see, that's where you've got to look in those times. And be reassured. And see God's smiling love upon you. I mean, you see, when you, it's, when, it's when you look at those promises in God's word of his unconditional love. It, uh, you realize that although my love may have been inconsistent... Although we may have been inconsistent in our love to God, well, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, in his words, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You see, in those times, let the words of Christ richly dwell in you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Come on, let. You can either let yourself heart be troubled or... 
But he says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me and my father's house and many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And he promises you that he will receive you to himself. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. How many times in, have those in Zion of believers said this? The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can, this is how the Lord reasons, can a wo woman forget her nursing child? That she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. In Revelation 4, the Apostle John, of course, is transported into heaven and given this great vision. He sees a rainbow around the throne of God, doesn't he? A reminder that God is never angry with a believer that is around his throne. I mean, think about this one. You see, God is all-knowing. He's ever-present. So, he could never forget his covenant promise if he was 2,000 miles away or a million miles away from the rainbow in the sky. But this reminder that he will never be angry with us, it's set around his throne forevermore. And notice God says in verse 16, when the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant. Yeah. Not when you see it, he will remember. But when God sees it. You see, just like in Israel of old on that Passover night, when the, the, the lamb was sacrificed in their place and the blood was painted on the lintel and on the doorposts, God's judgment plague passed, uh, passing over them, it was not dependent upon them seeing the blood. They were inside the house. But God said, when I see the blood... I will pass over you. And when God saw the blood of the Son of God flowing from Emmanuel's veins, when he saw his wrath that was due to the believer being poured out upon Christ, he, he passes over us because it's all paid. You see, there may be times when you promise, uh, when you struggle to see the promises of salvation. There may be times when, like the song says, darkness seems to hide his face, but again, rest on his unchanging grace. So much wisdom in those hymns, isn't there? You see, in those times, it's not dependent upon how well you see the promises. But that God sees the promises he's made. You know, we have short memories. At times we can forget, but God's not looking there. How good our memory is. He's looking at the everlasting covenant he's made. He's, this is ever before him, this rainbow. So, be comforted. Every time you see a rainbow in the sky, convince yourself like Paul. What should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor 
rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation. Just about rounds it off, doesn't it? Will be able to separate us from the love of God who is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, God has set his love upon you, he's paid it in full. I mean, another of my favorite verses, the Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love and he will exult over you with loud singing. I mean, just as we sing praises to God, it's just unbelievable, isn't it? How God sings about us, pictured there. You see, every storm is a, is a reminder that the law was given through Moses, but every rainbow is a reminder that grace and truth were given through Jesus Christ. Amen. Every rainbow is a reminder that God no longer relates to you, believer, on the basis of do this and you shall live, but on the basis of my son did this for you and so you shall live. I'll end with these words by Henry Law. He has some good little books on the Old Testament. Um, he says, You believe that no waters can destroy this earth. You believe that, yeah? That you believe God's promise that God is never going to flood the whole world again like he did in the times of Noah. So if you believe that, he says, so believe that neither sin nor Satan can sweep you to perdition. Your life is hid with Christ in God, the eternal God, your tower of security. The arms of Christ are arms around you. Whilst God is God and he is mightier than Satan, you are safe. While Christ is Christ and he is all sufficient to redeem, you are safe. Behold the rainbow. Satan cannot pluck it out from the skies. Behold your Jesus. Satan cannot reach his throne. Let's pray. Our Father, we just thank you for this great promise that you have given us of your unchanging love. I pray you would draw each of us to a, a greater relationship with you through this word. For the glory of your Son. Amen.